Hello, hello, and welcome to Therapy Thoughts with Lindsay. And hey, Randy Cash over there. Hey. <laughs> I'm just going to adopt that as our like Should. for real, for real title, like the Therapy Thoughts with Lindsay and hey, Randy Cash over there. What's up? Did you know that this is episode 23? I did not. We have been doing this for 23 weeks now. Wow. I'm kind of proud of us. That's almost half a year. I know. It's kind of awesome. Wow. I was still I like 49 it. when we, I was still in my 40s when we started this podcast. Oh my goodness. You're, you're in a, we're in a new decade. You're in a new decade. I it's am. all new things. My age, the last number of my age is always the same as the year. I was born in 1970. There you go. All right. This actually, um, I was born eight hours from being a leap year baby. And so this year is actually a leap year. So that's always kind of fun. Oh, is it? Mm -hmm. I, uh, my poor mom, I think she was in labor for like two whole days with me or some craziness and Uh i know it was like a blizzard in dallas texas like first of all doesn't really blizzard there all that often and i decided to take my sweet precious time coming into the world (gasps) maybe that's why i'm late all the time it was cold man it was it was it was cold i think i just wanted to be a leap year baby but no it'd be kind of that'd be kind of fun though mom would have no part of the leap year baby no no, apparently not. She just was wanting it done. Just wanted it all done. Once you'd have well, a normal birthday. Well, at that birthday. point, I think I was, you know, she was probably just ready to have me, like, just come on into the world. So, right. anyways, um, I am really loving all of the feedback and stuff, whatever you want to call it, that I am getting from people about this Relationship Reset Workshop. I've had yeah. a lot of questions that have come forth. Um, people are going to the link that I tell them, you know, on the, the Work With Me page on my website, lindsaywalden.com. And one of the questions I got was, what is Imago Therapy? Because that's one of the sections or segments that we're going to go through in the Reset Workshop. Why are you looking at what? me like? That. What therapy? Imago. I M A G. No, no. Trip? no, not Trivago. That's funny. Um, no, Imago. It's the Latin word for image. Like I M Ago. I M A G O. Yes. So it's actually right. It's actually a a modality of therapy that I sort of stumbled upon, happened upon, almost probably at the very beginning of my career now, like going back 10 or 12 years ago. And it's one of those things that I feel is very foundational and important for people to understand, especially through the context of understanding their relationship, understanding themselves in their relationship. And the idea is this, that we all have an image that we tend to project onto the person that we are most intimately connected with, right? be it expectations we have for them. It might be things we want them to fulfill for us. It might be areas that we feel that are lacking in some way. And we now have decided that they are the key to that thing, whatever that thing is. Yeah. It is definitely a process uh, of understanding. And I'm bringing up something for no, you. I'm just saying, yeah. it's just close to home. I hear you, man. Yeah. yeah. you We've all had those relationships where you've had those, that vision of what you wanted the person to be and your expectations Mm -hmm. and all that. And then Mm -hmm. you find out it's not true. Yeah. Yeah, Or we find out that it might be like 
not necessarily inappropriate, but kind of unfair to project all of that yeah. onto someone else. But it's not that we're doing it consciously and intentionally. It's really more of this sort of subconscious process that's occurring and that sometimes we are drawn to people. You know, people will say like, oh, I have a type or I, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a pattern in my relationships. I keep having the same type of relationships or I keep running into the same issues in my relationship. And a lot of times it's because there's something subconsciously that we get kind of hooked and when we we kind of feel on the hook or we feel like we're we're not on the hook like we want to be it sort of activates those those feelings of insecurity and mm-hmm. then it makes us start to almost be angry at or you know we talked about resentment last week this can really be an element of where that resentment builds from so yeah. so much of the relationship reset workshop it, it is about you know giving you tools and and tips and tricks and kind of some guidance but it's also about trying to give you as much education and information and knowledge as I can so that you're able to understand sort of the the mechanisms beneath the mechanism almost like what is going on underneath the surface that's that's sort of putting you in situations that maybe aren't working all that well so one of the um the great foundational books in the imago therapy land um There's a book called Getting the Love You Want. And what's interesting is that it's sort of written like a self-help book, but it really is based on the Imago Therapy kind of process. So it's a pretty foundational book that I have a lot of couples, um, you know, read through. I have some people that like listen to it together or maybe they read it to each other. But essentially, it's, it's, it's asking you to go through the process of identifying and understanding what are some of the images that I am projecting on my significant other? And is that, you know, stemming from something much more deep rooted in my past and my history? Could it be from my family of origin, the things that I saw modeled growing up? I mean, in, a, in the first or second session I have with a couple, we have a conversation conversation about what types of relationships did you see modeled for you in your life? Were they healthy? Were they not healthy? How did they handle problems? How did they disagree? Did they disagree? Did you ever see them, um, you know, affectionate with one another? Did they basically just tolerate being around one another? And, you know, kids are very perceptive and we don't always give kids, I guess, credit for that level of perceptivity that they have. But is perceptivity a word? I was just thinking that. I made it up. If it's not, um, you know, me and my words, I make them up if I don't have Well, so the idea, though, is that I don't know if we give kids a lot of credit for how perceptive they really are. But subconsciously, we are picking up on all of those things. So if we're in a family, let me give you an example, where everything is dealt with by yelling and screaming. We just, you know, we have a disagreement, we yell and scream about it. And then maybe once we yell and scream about it, we're, we're over it. But let's say that you get paired up with somebody in life and they've never been exposed to that sort of a, of, of a interpersonal dynamic right. or that sort of an interaction. And that if yelling and screaming happened in their family, it meant somebody was seriously mad, like angry at you. You have disappointed them. They like are just so done with you in that moment. That's going to be a like an imbalance, right? Where you're right. going to have one person that might be flying off the handle about something and the other person going, Oh my God, what did I do? Like, they hate me. Like, this is, this is terrible. And then they come back together later and the one who feels terrible is like, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. And they're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I'm exactly. over it. 
Mm. I, I freaked out and I'm over it. So it's not about judging it. It's not about, you know, looking back and, and poking at parents and saying, you know, oh, y'all are terrible. It's not about any of that. It's just about trying to understand what are those subconscious mechanisms that are occurring beneath the surface that are that are sort of causing me to project a certain image or a certain expectation on my significant other. And it takes a little bit of work to really dig into what is going on there. Sometimes it's, you know, maybe even more detrimental things. Like I'm not saying that this is a a super common thing, but I worked with someone once who's given me like permission to use their story like in a high level way who showed up in my office and said, you know, I feel like I I watched my mom get like literally like abused, like physically beat up all the time. And I and I swore to myself that I was not going to ever let that happen to me. But yet in pretty much every major relationship I have been in, at some point, it it gets to the point of physical violence. It may not be to the extreme that I saw my mom go through, but it has it has reached that level. What is wrong with me? What why am I doing that? And so first we have to look back and go, okay, nothing's wrong with you. But if we can understand what you're drawn to, maybe it will give us some insight into how to keep you from going down that path again. Because repeating a pattern, that's a lot of what we look for yeah. too, is that any time in your life you notice there is a pattern or some sort of a pattern of behavior or relationship or thing that you keep going back to, we want to start looking at what is that pattern trying to tell us. So rather than the why is this happening to me, what is this trying to teach me? So in this example, what what ended up happening was that we were able to dig into and recognize that not that she was subconsciously wanting to be abused, but yet she was so used to the chaos. She was so used right. to that feeling of being like, you know, in trouble for or, you know, like like the expectation that that discord was just a given. It was just a part of being in a relationship that when she would seek out partners, she wouldn't always see the potential red flags as red flags because it felt comfortable right. to her subconscious brain. It, it felt like, oh, well, that's just kind of how people are. You know, they're irritated easily or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I do something they don't like it. I have to apologize and fix it. But the problem with that is that if we don't start to recognize like where some of these subconscious mechanisms are originating, then they kind of run off without us and just sort of develop a path and behaviors right. and patterns. And, you know, they're, they're taking us down a path that maybe we don't want to go. So in a situation like that, it started out of being like, okay, so what would a relationship that you would choose look like? Not one that you feel stuck in, not one that you feel like you're less than, not one where you feel like chaos is the driving force, but rather what would even a healthy relationship look like for you, client, right? And we start to reverse engineer the process to allow them to sort of develop a roadmap of how do I now go into the world believing I am worthy of good connection and that I don't have to just settle for something that feels comfortable to my brain? And in fact, if I find myself picking up on those little, you know, pink flags, maybe they're not even full-blown red mm-hmm. flags, I start to set boundaries that say, okay, this is not the thing that I'm going to allow in my life. So I'm going to make the courageous decision to not continue to allow myself to be treated like this. Because when we make a change, we create new neuropathways in the brain 
that actually allow us to move from where we are to closer to where we want to be. But we have to be willing to make that change. And change is hard. We know that. It is. Chaos is a rush, though, isn't it, man? It Get can all be. up in there. The adrenaline's flowing. See? Yeah. yeah. And Yuck. it's kind of that, you know, like some couples will go, oh, but, you know, we we fight hard, but we make up hard. Isn't that okay? Why and do you fight so hard? Kind of. Yeah. It's like, that's what I want to know. Why? I'm, I'm not saying that we we have to agree on everything. And in fact, healthy disagreement or the ability to be your own person and to have your own ideas about the world is okay. That's fabulous. But if everything leads to a fight, if everything becomes an argument, and I don't just mean like, a oh, I disagree. Oh, I disagree. Oh, I disagree. But rather, I disagree. And I'm going to call you names and tell you how stupid you are and not talk to you for three days or whatever it may be. And then maybe we come back together and have this great makeup session. Is, is that really what we want to be sending kind of a reinforcement to the brain to keep doing? Because that's essentially what's happening. We're reinforcing that behavior. Makeup session, huh? Well, what do you want to call it? <laughs> yeah, but well, maybe that's why. Maybe it's because the makeup session is so good because we fight. I don't know. Yeah. Makeup sessions aren't all that important to me anymore. I'd rather just not fight. And I think that that's probably a overall healthier way to view it. I'm not saying that you you aren't going to have, you know, definitely, I think every couple in a long-term situation goes through, you know, more intense disagreements. They're mm. going to last for a longer period of time. But if, if that is a commonality, if that is something that is happening on the regular, we probably want to be looking at, is this really a healthy dynamic? And what are mm. we doing to the, to the kind of brain component of this? How is the subconscious reacting? And are we conditioning the brain to sort of see an argument almost as like a precursor to the makeup? Like we look forward to the makeup part of it, but... In order to get to that, we have to really like fight like cats and dogs. And is that really an ideal way to live our life? And so that's what the Imago work does. It sort of digs beneath the surface and it starts to try and uncover what are some of the mechanisms that are going on here? What were we exposed to? What types of relationship interaction patterns did we get modeled for us? And what of those things have we adopted maybe in a healthy way? What of those things have we adopted maybe in a not-so-healthy way? Um, a- another way that Imago shows up is if people will say things like, you know, I, I really loved the way that, you know, my mom was really a nurturer and-, and-, and was real caring and loving towards, you know, our- us kids. So I find myself drawn to people that have a nurturing quality. It doesn't mean you want to be in a relationship with your mom. It just means that you are you're picking up on something from a from a much like longer period of time in your life, in your history that's very ingrained in your brain as a quality you would like to, you know, have in your life or to see emulated in your life in some way. Yeah, that stuff sticks with you. You pick all that up when you are a kid. You're taught, you know. Yeah. I was thinking about that today, man. There was this kid in Quick Trip. He was going over to get a little package of Funyuns or something. I don't mm-hmm. know, man. He was just all a little bit kid. He was all off in little kid world. Oh, you know? sure, yeah. And his Funyuns mom, are awesome. Yeah, his mom's yelling. I mean, I get your butt over here. Yeah. And the little kid was just like, you know, I was like, dude, he's just in little kid world. But she was teaching him how to, you know, Mm -hmm. yell and scream. And I was like, dude, little kid world's awesome, man. Until mom starts screaming like an idiot in a quick trip. 
And, you know, and it's not to, you know, even, you know, come down hard on on parents because I know that they, you know, who knows? He could have been in Little Kid Land all day and she was at uh, her wits end of dealing with Little Kid Land. Like, I totally get I it, you know. But, yeah, it, it's sort of one of those balancing acts of we have to be able to learn appropriate communication and we want to model appropriate communication. So when I am working with a couple and they talk about, you know, yeah, all we do is fight or we fight all the time and, you know, it's just these knockdown drag out fights that go on for days and days, the kids involved in those situations are picking up on those things. Absolutely. And they're seeing that as, oh, this is normal. This is this is what we do. You know, this is how we settle conflict. This is how we deal with struggles or problems. And so that's the reason, too, that I think it is important sometimes when we're talking about relationship vision planning and, you know, what we want for the relationship. Part of it is what do we want to be modeling? You know, what do we want the kids involved in our lives to sort of see from the relationship patterns that we have, that we create, that, you know, we're putting out there as a way of living. And it is that thing, too, that if we grew up in a in a, a chaotic or a traumatic environment, we do have some choices to change those things. We mm. don't have to continue those same chaotic, traumatic patterns if we don't want to. But awareness is the first exactly. key. Exactly. It is. Aware- and awareness is hard. It yeah. is. It's hard to see what you can't see. I, you know, a couple weeks ago, I was just really like just down on myself. It's like everything was just making me feel bad about myself. I, I wasn't proud of the things I was doing. I was feeling just like really not at my best. I reached out to, to one of my coaches and we had a, a little session about, you know, like what what is going on here, you know, and I even told her, I was like, I am so good at therapizing other people. But when it comes to Mm. turning that mirror on myself to be able to really get out of my own way and go, what do I need right now? Really, I think I just needed some compassion. I needed the ability to say, communication wise, I am struggling and it's okay to struggle. I don't have to do it all by myself. And then by extension of that, giving myself the compassion that I would want either to give someone else or that I would want someone to give me. As mm-hmm. soon as I got that kind of clear and was able to give voice to it, things got a lot easier. It doesn't mean that immediately snapped my fingers and life was better, but it definitely put it into a perspective that didn't feel so overwhelming. Right. And I know I get a lot of that from my dad if I go back and look at that. And I know he would probably agree that he has always been a very self-sufficient person. He's always taken care of himself. He's always, you know, like there's things that he would tell me about his life and it would like make me sad for him. He'd be like, don't be sad for me. I'm fine. You know, but it's like those types of messages they got ingrained in my brain. And so there's this part of me that goes into this, like, I got to do it all myself. I have to fix it all myself. I have to handle it all myself. I can't ask for help. I can't show weakness. Now, there was nothing in what he did to raise me that he tried to create that. Right. It was just a model of me seeing him be that way and be so self-sufficient and not really needing to rely on or relying on people for that much. It kind of set up in this kind of part of my brain of like, nope, got to do it all myself. But that can be really toxic in relationships, yeah, you know, absolutely. which is why I, I really am a believer in kind of doing the work that I, I advise others to do and go through because it is important to get in touch with your stuff, to know, like, what is what's you driving to. you? You'll yeah. never repair your relationship. Were we talking off the air? I think it was about uh, I was telling the person that I'm seeing now, mm-hmm. basically, that, look, dude, I'm emotionally unavailable. 
So if you want me to not be emotionally unavailable, you got to help me to not be emotionally sure. unavailable. Because yeah. I, I've been alone for so long mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I'm just accustomed to that. And we did talk about this on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, change is not a bad thing. It, it, it takes some getting used to, man. It and does. That and awareness I... to know, man, that mm-hmm. this is changing. And not every, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but not okay. everybody has... Lindsay Walden is a best friend like I do. I get all the answers for free. Oh, my goodness. So you got to um, listen to her, man, because she steers me right. You know, and, and, and thank you for saying that. You're I really, welcome. you know, I do try to offer, you know, those types of insights if I can. And I think sometimes, yeah, it, it, it's hard for any of us to take a step back because none of us want to feel like we're not in the right. You know, I don't think any uh-huh. of us go through life with the intention to make a decision that's not serving us. But yet when we start to recognize that something isn't serving us, it is, a, I think, a, a more, you know, sort of courageous way to live to go, okay, let me hit a pause button. Let me let me go inward for a little bit. Let me figure out what's going on. And if I can't figure it out, maybe I need to be asking someone that I do trust, someone that cares about me or that knows me, or if it's a coach or a therapist or someone that I can go to and say, Look, I just I just need you to do that kind of like real talk with me. Like help me mm-hmm. get get on a level with me, you know? Let me know what's going on. How what are you seeing that I'm not? Because once we turn the awareness on, it's really hard to turn it off. Yeah. Like once we become aware of something, uh-huh. it's not like we're going to be able to shut that like little, little awareness switch off. Which I know sometimes people go, God, I wish I could unknow some stuff. Can't, it's I was like, just thinking that. Yeah, we can't really unknow the things that mm-hmm. we know, but we can learn to use the things that we know as kind of a roadmap for what we do want to do. Like we can kind of look at it through one of two ways, either, oh, this sucks because I know it or wow, because I know this, now I can structure my life in a way that serves me better, that serves the people in my life better, where everyone is a more well-rounded relationship rather than being so at odds with everyone else. Because if you don't have a good relationship with yourself, you're going to find that the relationships in your life are going to also struggle because you're kind of at odds with you. So then you're going to kind of project that at odds feeling with other people in your life. That's a little bit of both. I mean, you realize some things that stink sometimes, but yeah. you got to learn from it. That's mm-hmm. the idea, yeah. I think, anyway. What I agree I with you. I, I mean, I'll use me as an example. I, When I start to feel like really happy in a relationship or if I start to feel like things are going well, there's a part of me that almost thinks, nope, it's too good to be true, must sabotage this. Yep. And, if, and then I'll like pick a fight. Now, to realize that about myself kind of sucks because I don't mm-hmm. like that quality. I'm, it's not how I want to live. But yet I know that about myself enough to know that if I start doing those little picky, picky, picky behaviors, right. that's usually a good indicator that I need to do some self-searching. I need to do some introspecting, right. some introspection. I need to do some thinking on what is going on. And maybe that's, for me, a cue that my self-care is lacking because I'm, I'm neglecting the relationship with myself and then therefore it's translating itself into problems in my relationships. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's that simple. Sometimes it takes a little bit more of a deep dive into something like, is this hearkening back to something much, you know, older that exists from that, Mm -hmm. like almost reptilian brain that's been there for as long as I have been a person. And and it is, it it, it takes work. It really does. does. But it's it's rewarding, but it's rewarding. Yeah, it is. It is rewarding. It's not always pretty. It's not always easy, but to live, you know, sort of a more, um, 
self-aware life really is the more rewarding path. But sometimes it does require a lot of hard work to get there. I'll tell you, man, becoming more self-aware and honest about myself has definitely helped me with my manipulations of people. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Well, I could see how that could also be true. Although, let's not go with that. Um, No, but in all Uh, all seriousness, though, like whether or not it's the Love Yourself Well group that I've got going on or the Relationship Reset Workshop, um, that they both take a really deep dive into the Un, like kind of the undercurrent of right. like what is going on beneath the, the surface if i have said this next thing once i've said it a million times to clients it's like there's a thing and then there's a thing beneath the thing mm-hmm. we always have to figure out what is the thing beneath the thing because yes. if we can figure out the thing beneath the thing we're, we're on the right track exactly but getting to the thing beneath the thing takes some work and so that's that's why i am yes. such a proponent of this work on self and work on relationships because it you know it, it's the it's the road map or the the, the path to kind of living the best life that you can live and allowing yourself to live with authenticity and vulnerability and to kind of just know yourself right it's a gift you can give yourself mm-hmm. if you think about it like that agreed mm-hmm mm-hmm Kind of deep today. Yeah, that's good, though. You should do that. I you should get so. deep with yourself, man. That's I agree. how you get things done, man. It's not pretty. But yeah. It, yeah. No. The problem is we wait too long in life to do these types of things. Usually. But, you know, never. there's no such thing as too long, I think, because I think as long as we're breathing, we have the ability to change, right? right? Yeah. But I, I do think sometimes we make it harder on ourselves than we need to by sort of prolonging the inevitable or staying stuck in our own way. So I guess that's kind of why I feel like I'm, I'm doing all the things that I'm doing. I want to be a force or a source, maybe both, a source force mm-hmm. um, uh, of, you know, kind of Shaking you into living your best life, right. giving you the permission that it is okay to hit those reset buttons and to not feel stuck. Good. You're never stuck. One choice away from a completely different outcome. Amen, sister. All right. So that being said, tell people where they can find you on the Instagrams. At our cash comedy. That's at our cash comedy. Thank you, you very much. You did fabulous last weekend. I'm glad I got to see you perform. You'll have to let Thank us know you. when you've got another big performance coming up. I will. Thanks. All right. I'm just kind of laying low. Laying low for a bit? A bit. Maybe you're resetting. <laughs> yeah, something. Um, if you do want to follow along with all of the things I've got going on, as well as where you can find links to the podcast, links to my blog, links to the work with me options of the Love Yourself Well or the Relationship Reset Workshop, as well as many other things, go to lindsaywalden.com. I have got everything sort of organized in various tabs on there for you to navigate. You can also find me pretty much all over social media. On Facebook, it's at Lindsay Walden Consulting. That's the the page on there. I'd love for you to like and follow along. You can find me on Instagram at this is Lindsay Walden, and on Pinterest, it's Therapy Thoughts. And I've got variety of individual and relationship tips and tricks and tidbits that you can consume that way. Um, I will also be at Galentine's Day. Um, excuse me, on Galentine's Day at the Bike Stop Cafe in St. Charles off of Main Street. It's a free ladies event for kind of a live your best life, relationship, sexuality, talk, Q&A, whatever you want to call it. We're going to be doing that again for the second annual uh, Galentine's Night. So lots of ways to check both of us out. I hope you continue living your best life and we will be back next week with more.